You're listening to Coach Talk, a podcast about coaching for improvement in health and social care. Here you will meet several international experts and coaches to discuss challenges, opportunities, models and tools that might be useful when you coach others to make improvements. Hello everybody, this is again the Coach Talk pod from Kulturum and today I'm at Yunshipping Academy and we have two guests in the room from Canada. Can you please tell me who you are? So I'm Dawn Stacy, a professor in the School of Nursing at the University of Ottawa. And I'm Ian Graham and I'm a professor at the University of Ottawa as well. Thank you and I'm Nicolina Wackerberg and I'm development leader at Kulturum. And today we were thinking about talking about coaching and I know Dawn, you are an expert in shared decision making and coaching about that. How, how do you see that? So in the role of uh, decision coaching, it's uh, provided by uh, a trained healthcare professional who's non-directive in supporting the patient or the family in the process of um, making a decision. So, uh, and how are they trained? So in the training, we uh, help them understand the key concepts uh, underlying coaching, which is around helping the patient become informed. The second sort of key construct is around um, clarifying patients' um, values and preferences. And then the third is uh, mobilizing support for the patient from family or others to help them in the decision-making process. It's interesting, the last part, yeah, everything is interesting, but if I just want to drill in the last part, the patient and the family, can you explain a little bit more about that? So one of the things that we find in uh, patients and that are making health decisions is often the decisions are not made in isolation of the family. And so often family members have their own perspectives around decisions. So when we talk to patients around the decision, we also ask them what do others in the family think, their spouses, their children, their parents, um, depending on the person that's facing the decision. Um, but also um, if it's in a specialty environment, like my area of research is in cancer um, decision making. So if it's in someone that has a diagnosis of cancer, we also might talk about preference, uh, the support they have from primary care. Okay, so when you started with this, um, what was difficult or was it difficult? So the piece that we find is difficult is that our health system tends to be very paternalistic and very driven to telling the patients that uh, this is what we recommend mm -hmm. and having them just choose whatever the one option that is put forward to them. and. So in, when we've talked to patients, they've said that they actually want to be more involved in how the decision gets made and they want to know their options, not just the one recommendation. So when you look at shared decision making, which is the process of a decision being made between the patient mm -hmm. and the healthcare provider, that's often the one providing or diagnosing or prescribing the intervention, that it doesn't, it doesn't happen that often in practice. So we also looked at how do we develop interventions that can help support the patient to be more involved in these decisions. And one of those interventions is decision coaching, where the coach actually works with the patient to help them understand what are their options, 
helps them think about what's important to them and helps them prepare questions that then when they meet with the surgeon or with the physician or a nurse practitioner, that then they are ready to involve, have engage in a discussion around their options and not just focus in on the one recommended option. Yeah, so they are better prepared then. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this involvement of patients, Ian, you also have been working with that. Um, was it difficult or is it easy to do, to, to, to get the patient on a higher level of engagement? Well, I think it depends on the group of clinicians you're working with, and some are more ready than others. But often the concern that uh, the healthcare providers are is not really appreciating how patients can contribute. And a lot of the work that I do is around patients being part of research teams. And traditionally, researchers will say, but patients don't know about science. How can they be helpful? And that's not what they're there for. They're there to bring their experience and their knowledge. They're an expert in the condition that's under study. And so they can talk about what it's like to be a, a patient, what it's like to interact with the healthcare system if it's a health services research project, which can actually change the way the researchers think about doing the research that they want. Mm -hmm. And so that's been my experience, that it brings that perspective and refocuses the research on what it should be about, which is patients and better patient care and better patient outcome. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to say that the researchers aren't interested in those things, but sometimes it's easy to forget the patient. You used the word when you started, not everybody's ready. How, how could we see the readiness? Is there, is there a sign of readiness as a coach that you can see? Oh, I don't know if there's a sign, but I do really believe that it's by seeing it and seeing how it works, that seeing patients who are engaged in the value that they bring. And so it's almost like one project at a time because the, it then grows. So uh, people may have in their mind, they don't see how this could work and it's too complicated. But if they can see an example of how patients made huge contributions and changed the health system or changed their research project, it then opens up their minds to, well, maybe we could do this. And the other place where I think we need to be working is in our training programs, in our PhD programs, in our professional degrees, there's not a lot about bringing patients in. No. And so typically my colleagues will say, well, I don't know how to do that. Exactly. I'm not really comfortable yeah. because I don't know. And what if the patient asks questions I can't answer? Or what if the patient's difficult to deal with? How would I deal with that situation? So I think we need to prepare them in their training programs and demystifying it and showing that it's not that scary and that patients for the most part are easy to get along with and they have the same goal in mind. They, they want improvement for everyone. I wonder, do we really need a training program for that? Because that in the same times you say, don't do it, you need to, be, to get trained. Um, no, I, I'm not saying don't do it until you have training. What I'm saying is we need to be bringing the idea into people during their training process. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, okay. So that's one strategy. Yeah, yeah. But... If we wait for everyone to learn it in school, yeah. it'll take years before yes. it'll work its way through the system. So we still need to be working in the system with people who are finished their training. And with those ones, I need, I think one way to start that's not threatening is to have actual projects working so that people can see that it actually brings benefit. 
Yes, yes. And it, it can be done, and it's not that hard to do. Okay, and I think that's a very nice summary. Uh, we listened to Dawn, who was talking about decision coaching, and that was coaching directly with patients. And we listened to Ian, who was talking about taking patients in research. So as a coach, I think, um, when are you involving your patients? Is it in research? Is it um, in your projects? And when don't you involve your patients? Take that message home and think about that. And I see you later. Bye-bye. This podcast is made by Kulturum Design and Learning Center in Sweden.